This podcast is supported by our friends at testallwater.co.uk, supplying the full range of test kits and reagents for the pool industry from leading manufacturers including Lovey Bond, Palin Test, Hanna, Lamotte, DTK and many more. And as a Poolcast subscriber, you can get even lower prices simply by registering at testallwater.co.uk forward slash Poolcast. Exclusive offer only to Poolcast subscribers. Um, good morning, lads. How are you all doing? Good, thank you. Good, good, good. Great times. We're, yeah. back, in the, we're back in the house. Come <laughs> pulls a shot. What can you say? Phenomenal, isn't that? You know, yeah, the fabric's still going, yeah. Unless yeah. you're Celtic and you're self isolating, even then, <laughs> Hibs couldn't do the job last night, yeah. Shocking, uh, anyway, you know. Yeah, so this is our first podcast of 2021. So, uh, happy new year to everyone that's uh, come and joined us. We're a bit of time off over Christmas and New Year. I'd just like to um, sort of remind everyone that uh, our uh, podcast is sponsored by Test All Water. Uh, where you can buy sort of photometers, comparators, and reagents. And if you um, go online to Test All Water's website and put in Poolcast, as you can see the web address up there, then uh, you'll get exclusive discounts off their products. So that's enough for our, our little plug there just now. So, guys, uh, yeah, so, Robin, back into lockdown, it's not good, is it? No, it's not good, but what it does is it allows us to tie down guys like uh, Craig from Barn Ray, because they're stuck in the house when they're better to do than talk to a couple of Muppets like us. That's so it. that's the positive. Uh, yeah, it's no, it's no great, uh, Ian. Obviously, this uh, this third lockdown, uh, losing count now is uh, is under very very challenging times. The virus is obviously very prevalent at the moment. So fingers crossed that the listeners are not suffering too much, and uh, that they're all safe and well. But yeah, we just need to make the best of it, and there's obviously some positivity in sight in the fact that the vi- the, the vaccination uh, program has been rolled out pretty comprehensively, north and south of the border. So we've got to we've got to be grateful for small mercies, you know. And, and Craig, do you know what? I've just had a little quick thought with this. Uh, th- this is our first podcast, which has been exclusively Scottish. Oh, good. Get in there. Yeah. <laughs> I know that would please Robin. Um, so yeah, we've I've had. I've got my flights booked for uh, for June for coming down to see you. Ian. What? Uh, you can't get tickets yet? Uh, listen, we'll get tickets. You know, listen, we've got connections with Barn Ray. They're big corporate guys. You know, they they'll get us tickets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, uh, coming down with or without tickets, uh, okay. so long as we're allowed. You know, uh, yeah. I'm hoping we're going to be there. Yeah, liquid we usually bring, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, well, that's not a day out, you know. <laughs> so, for those of us who are joining us on this podcast, um, you know, I've I've seen a lot of Baron Ray stuff over the years, many, many stuff. I've I even saw something which is probably going to shock you, uh, which I'll show you in this podcast at some point, but um, that might shock me. Oh, well, <laughs> this will. For, the, for those of you who, um, who don't know Barn Ray. Craig, do you want to explain a little bit about the company, uh, what Barn Ray are all about? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, Barn Ray, um, come back to oh, 1959, uh, now founded um, supplier of uh, pumps and, and filters. Uh, some of these designs we still use today. Uh, started doing swim pools in the 60s. 
um, some of the first wave machines in the 70s. Uh, since then, we've grown um, you know, in, into other continents, uh, Dubai and, and Hong Kong. Uh, we employ over 80 people in the UK, um, 30 in Dubai, um, I think nearly as much as 10 in, in Hong Kong. Um, yeah, there's, there's been quite a lot. We started doing uh, Marfa Pools in 1998, and that's a big part of our business as well. Um, we've done uh, 165 uh, to date. Uh, the first management buyout we had was in uh, 2004, uh, which you know, brought it into employee ownership um, 100%. And we've since had another management buyout just last year. Uh, which is really good for the business as well. So that's that's keeping it, uh, you know, ownership within directors uh, within the company uh, too. So, um, yeah, it's uh, quite a diverse uh, business. You know, we're split between our you know our aquatic divisions, which is the the pools and the spas. That's mm. uh, predominantly uh, the kind of leisure market, performance market, and then you know luxury spas, which uh, includes more kind of thermal cabins, resorts, uh, and things worldwide. As you'd imagine, there's a lot more of that in the, the Middle East and the Far East. Uh, I mean, the core business in the UK is still very much, uh, you know, big filtration, big performance pools, leisure centres, schools. Uh, particularly north of the border, we do a lot of schools. There's a lot of community hubs uh, getting built over the last well, eight years now with uh, this, the, the Scottish Hub uh, initiative. Um, so, yeah, very diverse. Uh, we also have water solutions uh, and a process uh, uh, engineering um, departments as well within the business and um, process equipment they do the specification and supply of pumps filters uv that sort of thing and water solutions deal with uh, filtration and wastewater and um, treatment plants so for, for all sorts of things so really quite diverse you know it's um, helped us a lot during uh, lockdown you know construction industries were closed um, certainly in scotland um, and we didn't have a lot of people travelling, um, but you know our water solutions department are doing a hell of a lot with uh, water authorities um, across the country. That's still you know vital work that's carried on like normal, um, and it's good, great for the business. Where you know there's a big dip in construction, I think it's about thirty percent this year. But yeah. our water solutions are able to pick up you know multi-million pound projects that can that can keep us going. So um, yeah. Craig, just in terms of the the size of the company um, and, and uh, for the design and build of swimming pools, yeah, would I be? I wouldn't be far off in saying that you're probably one, if if not, well, I'd say one of two, if not the biggest uh, company for design and build in the UK. Would that be about right? Yeah, certainly the biggest, the biggest company. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, good, good, and. Uh, your role in the company um it's more the kind of after sales is it, would that be correct no well i do the sort of pre-contract side ah, right, okay so um i started uh, 10 years ago in estimating um i've had different roles with the company and um, I, I was business development and after sales ah, right, okay yeah some years um, my role at the moment is uh, the pool uh, sales and estimating department manager uh, so uh, basically everything from initial uh, concept uh, you know, meetings with, with clients uh, through the tendering process with main contractors 
and negotiating um, that contract right up until getting it signed and then handed over to the project team. That's what we are responsible for. Um, so, yeah, good. Craig, you'll know one of uh, you might know one of my um, colleagues from many years ago. So, uh, many many years ago, I used to work at a fifty meter pool. I was one of the managers there, and uh, we had an apprentice electrician. Um, uh, who worked for us and uh, I could tell you many a story of what he got up to and uh, what they made him get up to and all the tricks they played in them. But he now works for you guys and has done for many years. Great. But I don't uh, want to know his name. <laughs> <laughs> That's been recorded, hasn't it? <laughs> it's, it's quite funny though. He actually he only lives about a mile away from me as well now. Um oh, but he's yeah. all over the country all the time and I always um I'll take the mick out of him sometimes when I see him in different places and say, Oh yeah, there's another one you're gonna mess up, is it? And uh um, so yeah, he's a, he's a good lad, and he's worked for you guys. I, I don't know exactly his role now, but I know he's worked his way up the company with Bar and Ray as well. So, what's um. that, Because I, I I speak to the every time I go down to Darlington to the Dolphin Centre, I always come across uh, the guy for Bar and Ray. He's a Cockney guy, wee guy, brilliant, really good, really. So good. The, guy, the guy I know, he's um, he's uh, his name's Richard Chislett. Yeah, yeah. You know him, Craig. Yeah, I work with that church is fantastic. Right. Um London, South East Forest. So I really good. Yeah, so he's down my way, which um but he was um, the sixteen year old sort of what, 16, 17, 18 year old apprentice. He started off as a lifeguard actually, moved into the maintenance team. Um so yeah, so it's um but it's been oh over twenty years since I um since I left there and uh, since we worked together, but we our paths always cross all the time, which always makes me laugh. But, I guess. But yeah, Craig, I'm, I'm used to when I go into some of the some of the big builds I see, especially because I get a lot more 50 meter pools down here, and you know, without a shadow of a doubt, going strapped across the front there, bar and ray usually is what I see. Um, so I kind of know what I'm going to come into, and it, yeah. it's funny because if you were to remove your logos, I'm kind of used to exactly the, the the types of equipment you guys always install and the logo, you know, you know, and its layout. I've kind of got it in my head where its layout is, so I could probably find your kit. Without the logo on, if you know what I mean, I could probably identify it from five different systems. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I've done uh, condition surveys uh, uh, for different councils and things, and sometimes it's not until I walk into a plant room. You know, all I know is it's a 35, 40 year old plant, and it's not until I walk in that I find out it's one of our in installations, um, which is always which is always handy. You can always dig out the drawings and things like that as well. But uh, mm. yeah, not a lot changes um over that time if it's if it's done right um so it's it's quite good to see you do learn a lot more obviously working in after sales because you can only learn so much about your own business and your own installs and you know the way you do things um it gets a wee bit more frightening and a bit more daunting when you see some other installations and some of the other technologies that have kind of came and went through the years um, and yeah. so well, i've walked into plant rooms and seen Big boxes with pipes going in and out of them. I don't even know what they did. <laughs> yes, well, you, know, you know what? Funny you should say that. So, um, th there was um, a pool contractor which basically um, was, you know, left a contract over in West London, not not a million miles away from me. And um, back in March time, sort of March April time, all this uh, the first lockdown. And uh, anyway, a new trust has taken on a newly formed trust, and and they asked me to come in and do um, some condition surveys on them. Funnily enough, and there was yeah. five of them. And I walked into one particular one and I was like, oh my God, I haven't seen one of these in donkey's years. So I've got a photo of it. I'm going to show you this photo uh, because it really? kind of made me chuckle. And Robin, you'll like this when you see this. It sort of made me chuckle a little bit as well because it wasn't working, by the way, mate. It was um, 
you know it was disconnected it was derelict but but uh this this is what I, this is what i saw have a look at this guys so, oh now that that for straight away uh, said to me god that is so old because the logo is not even right no <laughs> jig jig that that that's not quite as old as uh, the one that uh, the, the time capsule just got rid of, have they? Is it? No, I, mean, that, I don't know. One of the time capsule, Ian. Ian, <laughs> honestly, uh, it was like it was like pre nineteen hundred. You know, it was just. But they, they managed to, the time capsule. Craig at the time capsule managed to beg, borrow, and steal bits of ozone generators from the whole around the whole country, and they managed to patch it up, keep it going. But it became a fire hazard, so they eventually had to had to switch it off. And uh, I think uh, I'm not sure. I might be talking out a turn here, but did, was it Bam Ray that that put the the UV unit in, Craig, uh, for the time capsule? Yeah, hey, I cannot recall. I wasn't involved in that. But um, I mean, there's there's still examples of the, the. I think we were sort of pioneers with this ozone. Yeah, uh, back yeah. in the day. Um, you know, and there's still great examples of, of plants out there, thirty odd year old that are still running tip top. You know, if they've been maintained, um, you know, from day one, that's that's the problem. A wee bit of neglect, and you know, it kind of falls in its arse. So, I mean, you, you've also got guys in Barnray that are very good at maintaining them that have been in the business for a long time. Uh, I don't know who goes. I don't know which engineer goes along to the Mariner Centre, but. Um, they, they've got an ozone unit, a working one, and it's one of the few that I know that works very well. And, yeah. and uh, you guys manage to maintain it and it and it keeps going. And the, the water's really good at the Mariner Centre. Yeah. But I mean, the ozone units, I mean, I don't imagine that Barn Ray are installing many ozone units now in terms of design and build. No, it's, um, no, it's sort of falling out of favour really um, it's still the best water quality you can get but obviously the plant that has to go along with it um, it's quite intensive in the capital cost and the, uh, the plant space required the plant height everything like that so it's the skill set the knowledge uh, yeah. the maintenance you know if there were half a dozen other companies out there that could maintain it there'd probably be a lot more installs and a lot more still out there um, but unfortunately if we're not doing the maintenance, quite often the advice is just to strip it out because they don't know, you know, what else to do with it. Well, yeah. you know, funny you say that. My uh, my local swimming pool uh, back in Annan when I was a when I was a child, it was an ozone system, right. and it, it was put in back in the eighties. Um, and I, well, I haven't been back there in years, so I don't know if the, the system's still live or not. I've been yeah, it is. It was up till very recently. Oh, was it? Uh, up to about three or four years ago, it was still working. Uh, I do the training for the guys down in Dumfries and Galloway, and it was still maintained. But I think actually they've either taken it out and put UV in, or they're not using it anymore. Um, yeah, but it was up to very recently and, still. And going. Do, do you know what? I'll give you a laugh, lads, to show you how good awesome was. So our um, when I when I was at that school, Robin um, Anna, and if anyone doesn't know, it's very much on the coastline. And when you were in the first year of secondary school, so for any of our English listeners. Uh, Scottish years kind of work differently in secondary school, so you don't go back into sort of year seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. It sort of works. You go back to what we call S one, secondary one, and then um, our first year we used to have to do two miles cross country, right? But uh, that's very near the coast, so 
second year of secondary school, it was three miles. Fourth year was four miles, and last year was five miles. That was the, the cross country for the PE. But when you got to the last two years, you were considered a little bit older. So you used to take us down to the um, the Solway, and you'd run along the beach. Right. You were miles off school premises at this point. It never happened nowadays. But anyway, the, the, the PE teacher used to leave the back doors of the swimming pool open. And, as, and you'd be covered in sand and covered in, in mud because we had a couple of fields we had to go across as well. And as long as you took your um, trainers off, we were allowed to just continue the run, run through the back double doors and jump straight in the deep end with all the mud to get, it, get it off us in the pool. Seriously, that's what we used to do. Oh, fantastic. And, uh, <laughs> and the water quality was decent. So it was wow. too Craig, right. just, uh, uh, just to pick up on something you were talking about uh, in your initial description, um, Martha Pools. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the listeners probably were thinking, what does he mean by Martha Pools? And I remember going back to a presentation that was uh, delivered by Barn Ray at Toll Cross, uh, mm -hmm. part of an ISRM meeting um, that was organised. So when I was a President of the ISRM for Scotland. I'm talking must have been 14 years ago or thereabouts. It was just, and it was coming up to the Commonwealth Games. And I mm. remember seeing this presentation. It was from the guy that used to be the sales director. That um, Derek Martin. Derek. It was Derek, and he delivered this presentation. It was very, very good, but it was quite innovative at the time about mm. this one-skinned type swimming pool. And I was amazed at the time. You know, I was working for Aldi and Chemicals at the time. And uh, it was uh, it was something new and innovative. Do you want to just let the listeners give them a wee brief description of what a Martha pool is and what the kind of features and, and benefits of, of it are? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Derek, you're right enough, he was our uh, sales director. He moved to Hong Kong to be our managing director over there 10 years ago and has just yeah. moved to uh, Dubai. So he's the managing director of Middle East Brilliant. Uh, Asia. As well, so just to mention that, <laughs> so he's still here, um, Mr. Barnry. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the Murphy Pool, so it's a it's a pre-engineered uh, modular panel system. So the thing that kind of sets it aside from um, other types of panel pools is that this comes with a hard uh, heat bonded PVC membrane. So the panels that face uh, the water side, the internal side, these are all all these panels are folded. So there's no hot welds or anything like that. It's all mechanically fixed and together, liquid welds between the panels, which panel is 900 mil wide. Um, and that's what gives you that finished, um, we call it like a skin, because that becomes the same temperature as the water. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's good to touch. And, um, you know, going back to, I think, 1994, every um, uh, Olympics World Championships has mm. you know, featured Murphy pools. So it's a real... Um, you know, it's 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 an excellent uh, method of, of construction, very flexible. Um, and it's not only performance pools, but uh, we've done wellness pools, stone gratings, stainless steel features. Uh, we've been free form, any shape, size. Uh, it's really quite good. So the, the, the benefits really are, I would say the cost. It is our most cost-effective method of construction. And it can get more expensive when we start going into free form and... Um, you know, beach entry and things like that. But um, for performance pools, um, big rectangles, you know, that's that's the, the, our, our most cost-effective means of construction. We can do that cheaper than we can do concrete. Um, 
So the whole thing is basically anchored to a, a base slab. Um, and then once it's um, erected, uh, bolted together, heat welded, gutter, pipework, all fitted in the surround, we then lay a, a floor membrane. So that's the only part that's, say, flexible. Um, the, the floor membrane is like a five-ply um, alcor, so that's more akin to like a roofing product that would be rolled out. Um, so that's you know, two-meter-wide uh, rolls. Um, they are heat-welded together, um, and then we welded to the base of the panels. So the idea is that that can flex and that can move, um, and then the shallower ends, that's um, you know, anti-slip as well. So, yes, there's a lot of... Um, sort of preconceptions about panel pools or liner pools or things like that. You know, MRFA is completely unique. Um, we are, we're working on um, one uh, MRFA pool at the moment for uh, Google and their new King's Cross HQ. So it's going to be, I think, on the ninth floor of the, the, the Google headquarters at King's Cross. So it's a multi-billion pound project. That's not even the first MRFA we've done for them. We did our uh, European HQ in Dublin. So we put the MRFA pool the floor above their server room. So... Uh, <laughs> Don't get that one wrong. Make sure no, that's the link. No. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, if these uh, pools are aware to leak through damage or something like that, one of the, you know, the beauty is that you can, you can see that and you can repair it. Um, so we do the, the probe tests, spark tests, and different um, sorts. It's a foolproof system. Um, so the speed of construction is another thing. The, the pool in the, the King's Cross, you know, we're going to erect in four weeks. Um, a standard 25 meter six lane pool. Um, you know, we would build that pool. Um, I think when we did uh, Scotston, which was a temporary pool for the European Championships, um, so that was the 25 meter pool. Um, I'm sure that was erected, pipe work, water in it within eight weeks. Um, so it's a, it's a real, um, yeah, it's a real time saver, money saver. Plus the guarantees on it, it's by no means a temporary uh, structure. You know, it's, it comes with a, a 25 year structural uh, warranty as well. So, Craig, yeah. I've, was that, I've was that the pool that were used for the, see the Olympic Games in London? Was it Martha pools that were all the kind of temporary training pools? Yeah, well, the, the, the problem with uh, an Olympic Games, is, as you know, is, you know, you've got your, you've got your main pool. So that was the, uh, the as I did, uh, you know, uh, the big uh, Pringle. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I know what you mean. <laughs> so, uh, so that was, Center, I think his name is now. London Aquatic Center, that was it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keep me right. I wish you my barn, Ray, that's why he's giving it. Jip, you know. <laughs> aye, that's terrible. Whatever that was, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know who built that one. We'll not say much about that one. Right, aye. So that was concrete, which was fine. And, you know, that suits the, the construction, you know. Um, that was fine. But you need a number of warm-up pools, and we need uh, water polo pools, um, you know. Uh, trying to think of all the aquatic sports now, I can't. Synchronized <laughs> <Well, I think laughs> like swimming and, and things like that. Plus all the warm-up pools. So, um, you know, I think we built a dozen uh, pools uh, for the Olympics. Um, some of which were actually, you know, we literally pulled the plug, um, disassembled, and then, you know, other sports. I'm, I'm sure we built pools on the, the, the hockey fields, for example, um, that we used for 
competition and then whip them away and then you know later in the games the, the hockey you know cracks on so it's um it's good it's flexible um, and of course we had the olympic legacy which was a huge part of that as well and um, many of the pools went to be uh, disassembled uh, were adapted in, in some ways sometimes and were you know, reassembled in a permanent install um, we did a couple of schools and a couple of leisure centers like that Fifty meter as well. So, um, Craig, there's, yeah. there's there's one of those temporary Olympic pools, believe it or not, that's still disassembled under a tarpaulin in the UK. Is there a yet? Yeah, it never. It went to the, it went to its where it's going to be its final resting place and yeah. rebuilt, but it never ever happened. And it's um it's sat on the back of a particular leisure centre under a tarp. Yeah, well, I think the Olympic legacy wasn't all that it you know cracked up to be. No, no, I, I remember uh, prior to the temporary pools getting sent out and I went to see, I can't remember, it was to see Rory Cameron mm -hmm. uh, for, for for whatever reason. And uh, he showed me in your, uh, this was not long after Hillington, your new, well, I say new, it's not new now, but when Hillington was taken yeah. over and became your, your headquarters. And he took me through the back and he says, you know, he was pointing at like four storage containers. And he yeah. says, you'll not believe what's in these storage containers. And I'm like, Ah, filtration, you know, sand or this, that, the next thing. And he opened it up and it was a full plant room. Yeah. And I was like, you're joking. You know, it was like everything was kind of modular. It was just, I, I couldn't yeah. believe it. I mean, that we're going back 10 years ago or beyond. And uh, it was just, it was amazing that you could take a plant room, put it into a container and just ship it down to Birmingham or wherever yeah. along with the pool. And it was, it was, you know, you know, that was phenomenal at that point in time. Yeah, we do we do a lot of that for a lot of different um, you know applications, um, not just temporary plants that we can we can basically rent out, um, but our water solution side of the business where we have to give you know we, we basically have a, a big camelot fitting that's water in this is water out, um, and we give a full water process plant you know in a container ready to ship you know land on a beach and shifted into place and out of Hebrides or uh, placed on a ship. Um, to do all sorts, you know, sometimes it looks like uh, nothing to me, uh, you know, but yeah, that's very flexible, very flexible. Over the last couple of years, I've worked quite a lot with uh, Mertha Systems because um, um, I first got introduced to them a couple of years ago when I was uh, taken up to China by a client to work on some swimming pools and uh, they used the Mertha system. Ah, good. Yeah. And so that was my sort of, I'd seen it. In, you know, in pictures and videos yeah. and various things, but I never actually worked with it. So I've worked with quite a few now, and I've got a particular client that uh, uses the Mertha system a lot for their their builds. Um, so I've seen quite a lot. Of it. And um, well, funnily, we've got someone coming on from Mertha in a few weeks. So because um, it turns out a, a colleague of mine I worked with maybe 10, 12 years ago, she now works for Mertha. Uh, I think oh, she, I think she's something like commercial sales director or something. I might be doing a misservice to her there. I'm not sure, yeah. but um, yeah, she she works for Mertha now. So um. Quite fortunate. I've seen the system up, up close quite a few times now, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good system. You know, at first I was like, well, "How is this going to work?" But now I've seen it in process. It's, uh, what yeah, what we find is that the description that we give doesn't do it any justice. Yeah. You're right. You have to see it, and you have to feel it as well. Uh, once you see it installed, the you know it's it's like a double-edged sword for us. When you see it installed, the problem is when you walk around the, the pool surround, it just looks like a normal. Um, pool looks like any other pool, which is half the problem.
because people want to see, well, how is this different or how does it you know, differ and what am I getting here, what am I buying? Well, at the end of the day, it's going to look pretty much like a, a concrete tiled pool um, because obviously we do the, the ceramic edge as well, which is a, an option which gives you two tiles at the water edge. Yes. So that on the surround, you've still got that same you know ceramic finger grip and a tile that goes below water level. So um, that's maybe to appease the, the architects with their tile options and things like that. So, um, but yeah, that's uh, I think once once you see a few of them, and we find as well that once main contractors um, install one, they start to harness the benefits and they see how maybe the next one, how they can do it different. Uh, so we do have a number of customers that you know they know that that is what they want and they can prove um you know that to to their customers or even if it's um you know uh, public uh, authorities that they're getting value um, for that product um, and, and you know, the advantages that the end client's going to get as well yeah certainly that's the case with the guys that i work with that use the system all the time they're just they've now they've used it they've seen it they trust it that that's what they want and uh, build time is a massive thing on there and cost so um that's part of the thing that pleases them but craig i was going to ask you you know let's just um sort of move away from a new build from a second do you ever you know get called back you know at barnery get a phone call and sort of say we well, come and have a look at this plant it's not quite working and i find myself going in a lot of the time and just looking at plant and shaking my head i had one this over the weekend actually and i just shake my head and i just i just cannot believe this i mean i'll give you an example the one i had over the weekend was 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 all shiny new pipes and they were saying to me it's been repiped two years ago and i was like okay fair enough and i took a look at it and they had two outlets uh one outlet going to one pump one outlet going to the other pump so i'm thinking actually they're two individual outlets they don't need to connect to any point um we haven't been doing this sort of stuff for years and that is dangerous yeah um, absolutely do you ever find yourself just sort of going in and shaking your head and thinking who on earth was doing this uh yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> The issue we have in this industry as well is, you know, obviously Barnery's been around a long time. Um, even my 10 years with, with, with Barnery, there's been a lot of companies come and go, big companies come and go. Um, and for every one of them, you've got half a dozen small companies that came and went as well. You know, we've got a certain responsibility to, to stick to the guidelines and to inform people, um, you know, of what their responsibilities are operating maintaining and um, upgrading um, centres. And I think a lot of people just, you know, caution to the wind, they'll come in, they'll just fit a replacement pump or, you know, pipe this up a wee bit different. And um, it does us a bit of an injustice. Um, you know, we don't like to see that at all. Whereas if we go into a centre and just like you say there, say it's a single outlet and we're replacing a pump, you know, this is the advice, this is what you need to do to make this safe. And if you don't want to listen to us, we're not going to touch it. Yeah. You know, so we, we do have a lot of responsibility there. Um, and yeah, that's that's the problem. There's a lot of them that are just um, are just running, they're just getting by, um, just kept going. Um, and if that's just firing in another wee pump here or there or linking up a couple of pipes or blocking off uh, one of the outlets, then they'll do it. You know, you know funnily enough as well, um, Craig, when I am, um, I spoke to the guys and I was explaining to them, look, I said, the pool installation business isn't really regulated. I said, it's not no. like gas safe or anything like that. And I said to them, I said, look, I said, I'm not being funny. We could set up a company tomorrow and we'll call it ABC Pools, have a nice flashy website. And I said, if you look at most of the systems, a lot of them on the smaller domestic sides and little hotel-y things, I said, it's cut and glue. I said, you cut it, emery paper, solvent to clean it up, 
glue it, stick it together. And I said, and what we do is we put the whole thing together, we run all the cables, but the thing we can't do is wire it up. I said, we can't wire it up because we're not a qualified electrician. And you know what they said to me? They said, funny enough, they said, Ian, funny enough, they've got a subcontractor electrician to come in and do all the wiring up. Yeah. And I said, there you go. That's yeah. um, exactly what happens. But yeah, yeah it's um, difficult. There's not a lot of maintenance companies no. really that have got, you know, electricians that work for them uh, all the time. You mean, I mean, certainly in Scotland, there's maybe three or four uh you know in terms of that's regular maintenance so um yeah you're right the, the electricity side of it is a bit of a nightmare so yeah, yeah. Our, our after sales side is you know 90 percent electrical 10 percent mechanical and then the you know the new build the pool and spa side that's the opposite way you know 90 percent and you know pipe fitters uh, and mechanical so every every service engineer or every electrician will tell you the mechanical is the easy bit. Um, whereas I suppose I might be right because you know ninety percent mechanical people like myself just wouldn't touch any electrical. So aye, that's probably right. Aye. Do you know. know what, Craig? I've got I've got two friends and one's an electrician and one is one is a plumber and they're mates as well and not not in pools, mate. But they're always having a bit of a bicker at each other. And the electrician always says to the uh, the plumber, "He says your job's easy. You can see when there's a problem." Aye, that's true. <laughs> Yeah. That's their little bickering point all the time. Um, yeah. yeah. How do you think? Um, how do you think lockdowns maybe affected sort of the industry, the business sort of thing moving forward? What do you What do you think it's maybe done for us? Because we're seeing a lot of pools, certainly down south. I don't know how we are in Scotland, but we've still got lots of pools that have not been open since March. Uh, yeah. Well, we've seen the the, the the same thing. I think the state of. Um, you know the kind of the public pool market i think that's that's been a, a bit of a concern for a few years um now especially more and more pools are going off onto these uh these private trusts um which is good at the start but it's very much pushing them out to sea you know there's no backup there's no cushion there uh, for things like this and that's that's the real worry um you know i'm really in the construction industry you know, as opposed to the kind of the leisure industry um, yeah. so we have seen a, a big dip it's 30 percent overall um, but certainly can i come back for a bit of a vengeance certainly on our, our spa side of the, of the business and um, where they can identify that you know people are going to be um there's going to be less travel i think overseas for the next few years and um, so we're doing a lot of kind of private cabin uh, designs um, kind of luxury spa pools and uh, these kind of getaway resorts and uh, so we're seeing more of that in the pipeline um, but yeah there's a big worry as to public pools where they're going to get the money from how they're going to reopen what kind of maintenance is going to be required the biggest problem in the first lockdown was a lot of people pulled the plug walked out locked the door yeah. there was no um, advice there was no cushion and you know it, it just came too fast so that there's no answer for that really do you know what craig um so i mean robin we, we do only started our podcast really after the first lock, lockdown but um we did we did several podcasts on sort of the the options that PewTag advised was really to keep it going or sort of hibernate it sort of thing wasn't it really but certainly it was never to empty it and mm -hmm. um, me and robin did, did a podcast where we were talking about the secret third option weren't we robin 
where people had unofficial option where the you know actually Putag recommended it. It wasn't an option. Yeah. They actually de described it as not an option. But we know that people will do this. Uh, and I and I've got clients in Scotland that that did pull the plug. Um, some of them did it deliberately so that they could get work done, knowing that it was mm. going to exacerbate the problem. And they thought, here's a wee opportunity. Let's just empty it and then show the, the local authority, by the way, look at all those cracks that have appeared. We need to get this fixed. Now, that was a deliberate intention, but there's others that emptied it and thought, oh, what's happened here? You know, and it's yeah. led to tens of thousands of, of pounds worth of repairs being required. And yeah. what I would say, though, Craig, is that a lot of people in the industry have maybe learned a lot over the last 10 months about, you know, about water treatment, about swimming pools themselves, about maintenance, because they've had to go through this whole process of closing a pool down, hibernating it, or they've had issues where they've emptied it, shouldn't have done, and they see all the issues. And they've gone looking for advice, and hence the reason that there's podcasts now, there's the amount of technical notes from PewTag. You, you guys at Barn Ray have probably had hundreds of phone calls. What do I do? Well, this has happened. What do I do now? You know, so... Um, yeah, it's, it's it's been it's been a test in time. Yeah, absolutely. Often this is happening too late, though. Um, so we're all about preventative maintenance. We're all about advice. That's part of what people buy into with um, our service agreements. It's not simply somebody showing up with a, a chamois cloth and leaving it all shiny, you know, every six months. Really, what you're getting, what you're what you're really paying for, I suppose, is the advice. You're able to phone us up with a problem. And you know we're there to help, and I think that's what sets us aside from many other service providers. Well, I would hope, but uh, no, there are good ones out there, as, as Robin said, um, which you know we really we respect because I, I don't think there's enough of us. Um, no, you're right, Craig. And sometimes as well, I mean, uh, certainly for me, the industry has changed massively because there'd be once upon a time you'd have went to a centre and Bar and Ray would be servicing it, and you'd have the old maintenance bodies there full time, you know, Monday to Friday or whatever, popping at weekends, you know. And you'd have someone, Barney would have a point of contact to hand the information down to. But more and more now, they don't have that handyman sort of maintenance board. Well, it's the contact as well. That's that's the kind of key thing. The fact that we've got you know engineers at the end of the phone that, that we don't want the, the, the call outs. We don't want to have to come out <laughs> if it can be avoided. You know, that's not how we make our money. Perfectly honest, it's an inconvenience. Um, but we're finding more and more, especially as people are trying to squeeze budgets and everything, they're not recognising that that's part of what they're getting for their money. And then they phone us when there's a problem that their service provider can't fix or is too big for them to deal with. And that's very common for us as well, which is quite disheartening. Uh, it's tough, it's tough, Craig. I was on the phone to uh, someone this week uh, and they know that you know, the challenges in terms of the budgets are going to come. What they are, and there's always opportunities that come up, and what they are saying is that they were they were asking questions. For example, Robin, is there uh, equipment out there in terms of uh, a controller that can, you know, record and communicate results? And, you know, they're looking to streamline and make things a lot easier because they're going to have to react to information quicker. So they're wanting kind of remote information like a controller that sends an issue where the, the the free chlorine level maybe drops or the 
um, ORP drops to a certain level and it sends a, a message out to you know the, the manager saying, by the way, you need to react to this. And so they're, they're thinking outside the box just now and they're maybe looking at uh, alternative filtration uh, options, ceramic or possibly perlite or because they're looking at trying to streamline the business, can they save on water, can they save on energy, can they save on uh, ma manpower? So there, are, there, there's, there will be probably opportunities for you know consultants and Barn Ray and going forward if they can adapt. And what what do you see maybe happening with regards to potential uh, technology and products maybe over the next two or three years or beyond? Well, our sort of company, you know, our goal, you know, what we we kind of task everybody, our employees, you know, we are trying to be at the forefront of what is. Um, available in the market um, technology wise but we have to be careful when we talk about trends because um, trends are kind of shifts in well, engineering standards I suppose but they're also we don't buy into trends which is in the sales side of it you know there's a lot of technology even in my relatively short experience that's came and went and um, stuff that never really found its, its, its feet in the UK and um, I would say even maybe regenerative media filtration as uh, is, is one of those which which never really found its feet um, in the UK, the way it's kind of heralded as a as a huge water saving device um, and plus plus better water quality in the United States, the way it's marketed there. Um, ceramic membrane filtration, however, is one that, uh, in my personal opinion, I'm, I'm really quite excited about. Um, I agree. And, I agree. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Very much. So. You've just secured a project that's. It's combining um, a Murfa pool, which is the cleanest pool you can get, because it's not only watertight, but it's airtight. So there's nothing on that surface for any you know, bacteria and everything to leach into or, or anything like that. So it's the cleanest pool we can get. And we're coupling that with ceramic membrane filtration. Um, so really excited to see how that will go. Um, you know, we have case studies out there as well. Um, you know, you're, you're looking at nearly 50% reduction in, in water usage uh, with this because this basically takes each ceramic membrane and um, it's, it's a fully automated system when it has to flush one it's more akin to flushing a toilet than, than doing a, a whole backwash so you're basically dumping 50 liters at a time to do say backwash in one membrane as opposed to sometimes what 15 cubes um, for a large sand vessel 15,000 liters so the energy that you'll be saving in the water um, can, can be immense. So we're really looking forward to seeing these getting up and running um, in the UK. And we've got another two or three in the pipeline as well, uh, which we're actually designing as part of a passive house um, design team. So. And, and, and I, know, I mean, I've, I've dealt, me and Robin's seen it in its early stages, but for anyone who's not sort of seen ceramic membrane filters, then part of the good thing, especially in a new build, is, is one, it's, it's size requirements. It reduces the build cost because it's a smaller plant room. You can lich, they're modular, so I'm not being funny, but they'll fit through a, a normal door. Yeah. So you just pick them up and take them through a door. So certainly on a refurbishment, if it was um, something where you're thinking, well, how are we going to get these new filters in? I've seen people do sectional filters before. We'd have to bring them in sections and weld them up and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> Certainly cutting out old filters is simple, but to bring in a ceramic system and just bring it through the door, which is 
similar to the one you saw in Wales, Robin, isn't it? Really? That, that yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that was a retrofit as well, and I mean that they've got a dedicated maintenance guy on site, an engineer, and he swore by it. He loved it. I mean. The fact that you're not having to wait till 10 o'clock at night to do a backwash, you know, yeah. and it's not really a backwash anyway. They, they, you can't, no. they, they was calling it a backwash. It's not a backwash. It's yeah. a cleanse, and it can be done at any point during the day, uh, and it's simple, straightforward, and you're right, Craig, the water that it uses is minimal. I mean, it's, and it, it looks, when you walk in, you're like, oh, right, you know, it looks a lot of moving parts to it, but there's not really. You know, it's no. mostly paint work. You know, and, and it's a lot smaller. I mean, the, the place I went to down in uh, uh, Wales, I mean, they took out three massive medium-rate steel, stainless steel filters, and they put this uh, ceramic uh, filter in, and they could they could have a game of five-a-side football in their, their, their pool plant room, you know, because I, of the space that's available now. The one you're talking about, uh Robin, I, I'm sure I visited that. That's the, the same uh, manufacturer that, that we use yeah. in, in the UK. Yeah, so we've kind of went with somebody tried and tested that can install this and commission it for us that you know have good experience. It's something we have done, but on our water solution side. So for um, you know more pharmaceuticals, uh, uh, microelectronic or um, you know uh, food and you know, beverage and whatnot. So that side of the business has used it before, but not in aquatics. Um, but yes, that plant that, that you mentioned, I'm sure when I visited it, the filters were still in place as well, and they were humming and hawing as to whether to take them out. So they were able to, that bank of vessels that were there that dominate the plant room, yeah. they were able to fit, retrofit this, um, you know, this, this, this the narrow bank of ceramic membrane filtration that does the same duty of, as those, fit that just in the empty space in the existing plant room. That was before right. taking out. Um, yeah, the that's right. Yeah, they, put it, they put it in just opposite the, the bank of filters. And you're like, it's, it's crazy because we've now got all the space where the filters were. <laughs> and you're like, what are you going to do? Exactly. He says, get my paper out, you know, my seat, because I don't need to do all the work that I did before. Yeah. And one of the concerns about this uh, technology initially was, you know, a lot less dilution. Um, so that was a, a doubt in people's minds, you know, with the likes of uh, ceramic, mem uh, sorry, with uh, regenerative media filters with the perlite and whatnot, uh, you know, TDS climbing because we're not, you know, not diluting enough. Um, but this has been shown, the case studies that we've looked at, that the TDS is, is still dropping. So. Um, yeah, it's it's exciting. It's looking good, um, and there's a few people that have it and are swearing by it that are committing to likes of the one that we have in Neef um, in Port Talbot. This is the new build for the same authority as the one you've seen, uh, Robin, yeah. um, which is going to be yeah. It's exciting to see this as a as a as a complete new build combined with the Murfa. It's, I think it could be the best water quality of any point. as well, it's going to be because one of the clients I'm using that uses the Murtha system, they've got leases on their building, and and their plan is that should the lease ever close or you know whatever you've got to do, they're using the Murtha system, and their plan is literally to take the Murtha pole, unbolt it basically, and ship it off into the next place. That's the the whole plan with their their Murtha system, but you know think for a second if you combine that with a ceramic, um, seriously. I'm taking the furniture away now. <laughs> 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 by the way, the more. 
a lot of the time they're putting them into industrial units. And the theory yeah, is yeah. that the, yeah. when you hand the industrial unit back, the industrial unit has to be in the condition you actually originally put it into. That's true, yeah. So yeah. That, that's the idea of it. But, you know, if you combine that with the ceramic system, I mean, I know that in the case of the pool in Wales, it's been put into an older pool, but they've quite openly said, we're going to move it into the new one when the new one's built. That was the idea of it. That's um, exactly it. And there's one in Manchester that's doing the exact same. They've bought it at the moment as a sort of trial. Um, and the good thing is, if they didn't like it, they had a deal in place that they could, you know, get rid of it. Um, but they do love it, and they're going to move that. You know, they've got this sparkling, beautiful pool um, with this old plant, these new filters, um, brilliant water, and the building falling down round about it. They're going to whip that out and take that to the new centre. So yeah, it's it's good. It's, it's impressive so far. I've not I've not seen many negatives uh, no. yet. So I'm really quite excited about about ceramic membrane filtration. Yeah, I mean, there's well again for anyone who's not seen it or heard of it. The idea is the filters, the vessels, from what I've seen, are they're all the same size. So basically, you just strap more vessels to each other, um, depending on how big your pool is. So if your pool's quite small, you'd only have a couple of these things strapped together, and if it's quite big, you'd have like ten of them strapped together, so to speak. Um, and hence why they call it a modular system. You just strap modules to each other. They're they're pretty impressive. I mean, Robin's had a, a colleague that we know quite well, Craig Utley, who's um, they had uh, one putting out uh, one of their facilities, didn't they, Robin? Or a little hotel pool um, yeah. as an as an option to to take a good look at it. And he's had it in probably I'd say more than two years now. I'd have thought. Yeah, I mean, he, he did mention that um, you know if you could get your customers to pre swim shower uh, prior to going in, the the ceramic filters work a lot better. Um, I think what we are probably doing is trying to compare with where ceramic filtration has been used on the continent in Europe, mm. uh, you know, over in Germany and Austria and Switzerland. And uh, it's not like for like because folk over there tend to have a, a wash and a pee before they go in, whereas in our country we have a wash and a pee in the pool as opposed to going, going into the confession so, And that can have an impact on, on the use of the ceramic filters. But you know what? That has an impact on all filtration, no matter which one you use. So you can't. You, you, the problem is that they're saying, oh, the ceramics maybe not quite as good in this country. It is because you're suffering the same issues that you would have with any type of filtration. So it makes no difference. You're just trying you're comparing apples and oranges, to, to be honest. I like the ceramic filtration. I like the, the ease of use, the size, the footprint, the energy saving. Uh, all of it combined together, uh, to me, is is a great recipe. It's expensive to to purchase initially, yeah. but it's it's like anything else. If if you're going to be making the savings over time, then it's it's, it's good economy. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think that's what we're going to be looking at over the next years to come. I think the good thing about this technology as well is you're not. Um, you're not making savings at the expense of your water quality or, or something else, the functionality or anything like that. It seems to tick all the boxes. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, you're actually fact you're you're improving the water quality even further. You know, it's not um, it's not even a like for like because it isn't a like for like. It's it's significantly better. Um, yeah. And do you know what the worrying thing is when I've read some of this stuff is some of the the filtration rates they can get down to in the continent is just ridiculous where um, the micron removal rate is actually better than our drinking water in the UK. How embarrassing is that? 
that yeah, well, pools in the continent have better pool water than we have drinking water as far as filtration. That's embarrassing. Well, that's that. It's funny you say that, Ian. I think officially, the ceramic filtration needs to have the the micron filtration rate that needs to be officially recorded yet because they haven't committed uh, that they can get down to smaller than three micron. Am I right in saying that? Um, I know that I know that the defender filters uh, they're claiming that they can get right down to below two, uh, and it's a bit of a game changer if ceramic uh, filtration can claim that they're down below the two as well, which we believe that it's achieving, but they haven't officially put that in writing. That's a game changer because then that means listen, crypto, we're, we're managing to take care of that. Well, but, but, do you know? Do you know the issue with all of that? Is the place where it gets measured, uh, <laughs> and the fact they measured OC one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll not go there. We'll not go there. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, the thing with ceramic membrane, it's designed to go as low as you want it to. So yeah. I, I don't know the lowest limit for ceramic membrane, but I'm sure you can go below one. Yeah. The issue is, as Robin touched on. Um, you can't have it too low because you're simply going to, you know, you're just going to blind these these filters with the crap that we're dragging into them with our hair gel and all the rest of it. Well, no, you. But you know what you know what I mean. So yeah. it can go as low as 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 you design it to, um, but you can't design it too low because um, it won't work effectively. Yeah, you're right. If you just design it too low, it's just going to be flushing every sort of 20, 30 minutes or something like that because it just, it'll just be blocking up. Um, and that, and that's one of the good things. You know, we'll call it a flush for just now, which might not be the or a cleanse, which might not be the right term. But for those, again, the system's done off actuators. So it's automatic. It it recognises the pressure differential and then it says the pressure differential and that single module's too high and it'll just start um, cleansing, flushing by itself there and then in the daytime because it, it's reliant on the fact it knows that all the other modules are still filtering. And there's and no settling period. Is, it's brilliant. No settling period afterwards, obviously. No. You know, you know that makes that gives it a real advantage. When this has been retrofitted, um, you know, I've been told that when, we've, when we do these these switchovers, you find it's it's flushing these these modules um, quite a lot because that's it, just cleansing the pool. That's cleaning the pool. It's taking what the the, the sand filtration was giving it. It's bringing it down to, um, you know, that micron level filtration, cleaning it out, and then you see it stabilizes. It stops, you know, flushing as much once it gets to, um, you know, a, a level it's happy with. So, yeah, we can see it works. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, our, our first new install getting complete. So, and have you got any big projects? I don't know if you're allowed to tell us, but kind of anything that's uh, big that you're obviously you've got the google headquarters have you got like uh, yeah. sheikh mohammed's pool getting built in his back garden or anything like that you know uh well yeah we try not to do we don't do too much domestic um we, we tend to find that you know the pool regardless of the size and the value it's down to the complexity of the build and sometimes if you introduce a client that makes everything 10 times more complex so uh, we, we want to be, we, ideally we are working for the main contractors. So the big projects that you know we have in the, in the UK at the moment, 
um, some of the biggest construction sites and uh, the likes of the Battersea Power Station uh, development. So I think over 10,000 people working on that site. Uh, we are doing a rooftop stainless steel pool uh, with a freeform infinity edge. Uh, now that's the hotel adjacent to the uh, the power station. So this is going to look this rooftop pool is going to look out into the uh, the chimneys and then light up at night. So um, it's that'll be quite interesting. Uh, Britannia Leisure Centre in Hackney. It's another multi-billion uh, pound development. Uh, well, Craig, Craig, I'll stop you there. I used to work down there for that company, mate. It needs it. <laughs> new one, the new one. So. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean, but if you'd seen the old one, oh my god, it needs it. Yeah, um, so that, that one, Faulkner Brown Architects, as well. It's really impressive what they've done by I'm sure we've got pools in different levels, um, but they've taken that envelope of land and you know, they've got football pitches on the roof, for example. Um, you know the, the the leisure centers over all these different levels because obviously area is a is a premium, so it's really quite impressive. We're doing five pools and um, we've got floors and booms here as well. We work with uh, Vario Pool uh, for our floors and booms. Uh, yes, we've got Google um, Peninsula Hotel was another big um, spa uh, one that we're doing. So that's um, what park is that? Regent Park, Hyde Park. Can tell you. Can't sorry. Um, but that's one that we've been involved in the consultancy uh, side of the project for seven or eight years now. Um, so we've really taken that from you know inception uh, through to, to I say to completion. We completed in a year or two. So yeah, that's a that's a ten year project for us. You know, from initial design through to to handing it over. So um, so the, I think that's one of the biggest hotels in, in the country. Certainly five star peninsula, you know, it's fantastic. Um yeah, Google Google's a big project, a very difficult um logistical challenge. Um, but in terms of what we are there to do, yeah, it's a 25 meter pool. Um it's not a huge uh, project for us, but you know, there's not many people that can that can do those. Um, in Scotland as well, we've got the the Cameron House redevelopment. Oh yeah, yeah. So we're doing the big refurbishment there. Um, that is actually regenerative media filtration. That's what was uh, specified there um, due to constraints as well in the plant room. Uh, what else do we have? Helensburg as well. That's another one that's been in the pipeline for 15 years or so, probably. Yeah, yeah no, I was actually speaking to Mark uh, Island uh, on Friday there. So, um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be looking forward to going into Helensburg to see that one. Because they ah, it looks interesting, right on the I right in the waterfront. So it's uh, yeah, an exciting one. That yeah, uh, we've also done half a dozen schools in the last few years, um, as well. So that's a big part of the business. Uh, we're doing Winchborough uh, Leisure Centre, which is a new development out in uh, West Lothian, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, big community hubs. Big, big community hubs. Yeah, there's a lot of them in Scotland. They're really good. Uh, yeah. And that, yes. Consultancy, obviously, you know, we I deal with Europe uh, predominantly, uh, but we're also responsible for and uh, you know, the Americas and you know, from west of us, really. Um, so we're doing a, a lot of uh, consultancy uh, projects overseas as well. That's a big part of our business. Uh, you know, we try not to step in anyone's toes in the UK. Obviously, we respect what people work with and work for in the UK. 
Um, but we do we do a lot overseas, particularly Middle East and Dubai. Uh, uh, Middle East and the Far East, sorry, Hong Kong. Um, but yeah, out of the UK, I think we've got projects in uh, Russia, France, Italy. Uh, we're just doing another project in Venice. And that's just starting kicking off this week. Um, the consultancy job, um, the Bahamas, the United States, and, and Canada. So, yeah, it's really quite. Uh, Obviously, you'll need to go out and just give it a wee the once over, Craig. Right. Bahamas, you know, it takes about two weeks. just to check, you know, just to make sure that you've you know followed the loop and you've closed things off properly. And yeah, yeah, I'm sure Robin will carry your cases, mate. Uh, if you're needing a hand, <laughs> you know. <that's laughs> uh, absolutely. You know, I used to joke saying, uh, when I go on holiday, I try and avoid pools, but uh, <laughs> it's, uh, no, it's it's good. Uh, it's good working in these jobs overseas as well because we find, if anything, that we're, we're really raising the standards. Hmm. Um, so it's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's that was something for me when I started working out in China. It was a bit of a shocker, some of the stuff I saw. <laughs> it was, yeah. And, an interesting thing about Hong Kong is all of their public pools are ozone. Um, so working in Hong Kong, uh, basically going back to, you know, how I started 16 years ago, I don't know. A lot of the um, larger pools in Hong Kong are still chlorine gas as well. Yeah, I don't know much about that. Chlorine <laughs> <laughs> gas quite heavily up there as well, so that's a bit of an interesting one. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Craig, it's been um, it's been really good for you to join us today. So I'm sure that um, you know if anyone's considering um, a large project out there, I'm sure they can sort of um, look at the website for Barn Ray. Yeah, absolutely. That's the best place to see. Um, there's that, that's our, our portfolio of uh, past projects and, and new project awards. Um, there's a lot more on LinkedIn as well. Uh, these days we do a lot of updates on current projects and uh, stuff that's you know, around the corner and there's another one i'm announcing today um, a big project award um, we have in great yarmouth leisure center oh yes i've seen that i've seen that come up in a news a news feed actually yeah so that's the marina leisure center so we're doing the uh, the pools uh, filtration water treatment plant and the flumes as well uh, there so it's a new it's a new build isn't it new build yep yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I remember working in the old one. Where have you know what? <laughs> I, I worked. For, I worked for quite a large um, leisure provider many, many years ago. So um, <laughs> we had about 170 leisure centres up and down around the country. So, and my role at the time was obviously with pools and stuff. I was all over the place. So uh, yeah, I got to see a lot of these. A lot of them don't exist anymore now because obviously being knocked down. But the Hackney yeah. contract you mentioned that was that was one that we had. Great Yarmouth, yeah, I remember that one, uh, the old Yarmouth Marina. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, so you were saying, so they're going to have a look at the portfolio, they can have a look at the contracts page, they can have a look at um, yeah. contacts with the website. Absolutely, yep, yeah. all of our contacts are there. Um, yep, yeah, anything they need, happy to help. Perfect. Well, I think that's about us from this week, Robin, is it? It is indeed. Thanks again for you coming on, Craig. And, Thank uh, you very much. Yeah, don't get uh, too upset if your football team doesn't win this week. You know, it's just part of the course. Uh, we're just staying clear of it. We're just, uh, you know, we'll loiter about seventh until the end of the season and just let it boil over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks again for coming on. Uh, yep. 
Yeah, and uh, all the all the best for Barnway in the future. And like all our guests, we would welcome uh, a wee return visit, and you can, if if that's feasible and willing, and uh, yeah, and you can uh, you know have a wee chat about where Barnway are maybe in six months or twelve months time, and I'll get a wee island from the, the the Bahamas office. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, managing director of the Bahamas. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, or is it more Mexico with a with a hat behind you? Is that right? I don't know. It might be. Uh, oh yeah, that's my sombrero lamp. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Miami. You never know. Ah, that, ah, very good, very good. Well, thanks again, Craig. And uh, uh, if any of the listeners have got questions uh, they would like to send in to Craig, then uh, get get them to myself and Ian through the usual outlets, through the Facebook pages and our, our email. Uh, or contact Craig direct through Barn Ray from the, the website and uh, through LinkedIn is probably one of the best options as well. And uh, yeah, thanks again, Craig. Well, thank you very much, guys. It was, uh, it was fun. All right. Cheers, guys. Okay, cheers. Bye. This podcast is supported by our friends at testorwater.co.uk, supplying the full range of test kits and reagents for the pool industry from leading manufacturers, including Lovey Bond, Palin Test, Hannah, Lamotte, DTK and many more. And as a podcast subscriber, you can get even lower prices simply by registering at testorwater.co.uk forward slash podcast. Exclusive offer only to podcast subscribers.